Baylor basketball ranked 20th in the preseason poll. 20th. Let's talk about it. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. of Locked On Bay. We're brought to you today by Jace Medical. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I've got a very special guest, technically a colleague. I've sent in two packages for Dave Campbell's. So from Dave Campbell's Texas football and Dave Campbell's Texas basketball, which is what we're going to be focusing in on today, Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm putting the finishing touches on the issue right now of the basketball magazine. Uh, dropped the cover yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Dropped it on Monday, and uh, yeah, I've, I've, it's kind of been weird. But I've been the only one seemingly in like a basketball mood in the middle of football season. <laughs> yes, look, we will vibe with you as Baylor fans. <laughs> I, I was saying off air. Anytime at this point, I can feasibly talk about something that isn't football, which yeah. preseason rankings would be it. Big Twelve Media Days going on. Yep. Um, I'm gonna do it. So this is a little bit more of a bright spot for Baylor. But of course, I've found a way to be stressed out about it and a little uh, pissed off about it, to be sure. quite honest. Um, so preseason poll drops uh, two days ago as you're listening to this. And Baylor is the fourth-ranked Big 12 team, which obviously no surprise there. A lot of Big 12 teams in there. But ranked 20th in the nation. Yeah. And you commented on my tweet. Did you do you also feel that Baylor's a little disrespected at twenty? Disrespected yeah. seems harsh for a top twenty-five ranking. Sure, but. sure. I think no, I think they are. Um, one, I think it partially because I don't know if a lot of the writers know exactly what Baylor's done in the offseason, um, and they have that the image of last year where you know they're putting up they're they're really good offensively, but they're mm-hmm. one of the worst defensive teams in the country, and it's just not the balance isn't there, and they kind of have obvious weaknesses. On paper, I can see like, okay, they added transfers. We don't know what to think, but we know they're going to be decent. So 20th, you know, I can see that right. mindset. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it was definitely a slight on the AP poll. Um, I think this will be, I think, like you mentioned, fourth in the Big 12, I think is fair. Um, but I think that goes to show that how deep the conference is going to be. And I still think this is a potentially, you know, I think we can get to conference and I think this could be a top 15, top 10 team. I would, I would think so. And actually, I mean, look, the, the polls are getting more and more watered down, right? We're, we're looking yeah. at a lot of the other, the kind of metrics that go with it. The big one is Ken Palm, which has Baylor at seven. Yeah. And I think they had Miami at 48 and they were in the top 15. Gosh, I really should have looked at that again before coming on here. Uh, but Baylor ranked seventh in that and 20th in the AP poll. Are you follow basketball very closely, mm-hmm. and obviously the Big 12 teams look at this a lot, the, the kind of the power index. Is that something we're going to see going forward of just watering down of kind of what people think of the AP poll versus something like Ken Palm? I think so. Um, I mean, I know that we're already kind of seeing it in college football with the coaches poll. You know, I don't know how many of you that take that really seriously. Sure. Um, and especially when you have something like the playoff in college football, I think we'll start to see it happen more across the sport. Um, obviously I think, you know, Ken Palm for me is kind of the, the Holy grail and even Torvik, uh, Bart Torvik, I think his rankings are also pretty, pretty accurate too. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if at least as far as the, 
the more online fans if i mean i think that's already happened but yeah. i wouldn't be shocked if that kind of happens with the ap poll because i think people need to continue to realize that like the ap poll is what it is it's a bunch of beat writers who kind of just focus on their team they may right. know a little bit about other teams in their conference but you know it's not really that fair to ask you know somebody who covers big 10 basketball at rutgers and to ask them hey what do you think about baylor you know that he's he doesn't right. care <laughs> yeah yeah, and so that's definitely. I mean, we're both online fans. Right. I mean, you're an online journalist. I'm an online fan. Who <laughs> coaxes. Hey, you have you have put those pieces. That that Micah Hudson piece was really good, by the way. Thanks, so, man. I yeah, appreciate I that. That I was, was about to say, you. You can throw your hat in the journal, online journalist. That was a fun one to do. That was a really fun one to do, especially yeah, with that game on. going on. It was it was a lot of fun. But you had mentioned in the first answer there about kind of the additions that mm -hmm. Baylor's made. So I don't. You know, I don't have this vast knowledge of the transfer portal, but with the, how Bay, how active Baylor was, it's something I was plugged into this offseason. And for my money, I mean, you have two of the top probably four or five guards. They're not Grant Nelson, but two of the top four or five guards in the transfer portal on your roster now. And, and that's huge with losing Adam Flagler and losing LJ Cryer. So question marks, sure. Mm -hmm. But from what you've seen and heard about these players, adding those two guys, uh, Jaden Nunn and Ray J. Dennis, plus a five-star in Jacoby Walter. I mean, is are we looking at more guards than Buckingham Palace again? I think, no, I really do think that when you look at this year's team and last year's team, I think you will look, I think you may see a little bit of a, a, a backward step in terms of offense. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you'll make up for that in, Obviously, they'll get better on the defensive end. It's one, it's hard we'll to be as bad as it yeah. were. But I think they also added better two-way talent. And I think for last year, they had so much that went through Keontae George playmaking-wise. Mm -hmm. And I think now, I think Scott Drew got a little bit back to the Jared Butler or James Akinjo of, let me get a true ball-handling point guard that can really initiate in Ray J. Dennis. Um, I think Ray J. Dennis is going to be stellar for, for this team. Um my co-host on the basketball podcast we do, uh, Zone Star State, Matthew Bruni, he was kind of early in convincing me that like Ray J. Dennis might be the best pickup in the offseason out of any Texas school. Um, it's going to be down to, I think, him and Max Abemis at Texas, but he is kind of perfect for what Scott Drew wants to do. He's able to move off the ball, He's able, but, he, but everything flows through him, right? He's going to be able to get tons of assists. I think you mentioned Jacoby Walter. I saw him as a junior at McKinney when they made the state title game. And he was a little bit raw at that point, but he developed a lot at Link Academy when he transferred. And he's just a freak of nature in terms of length. He can kind—he's he, not as polished offensively as a Keontae George was, but he's—I think he's going to be able to give you more on the defensive end. And you mentioned, um, or then the other guy we met, um, mentioned was Jaden Nunn. I think he's going to give you something as well. And when I think of Baylor, I think of like depth at the guard position, right? It, obviously, yeah. that national title team had the, the insane depth, but I think of like position versatility. And I think of like, you know, outside of maybe one, maybe one or two bigs, true bigs, um, I see a lot of guys playing like I could see Jacoby Walter alternating at a small ball five or small ball four, you know, things like that. Um, and so I think this team fits more of what I'm used to seeing from Baylor than maybe last year's did. Yeah, and so and so having said that, you know, mm -hmm. the the guards that are in place that obviously Scott Drew has really made the offense and defense kind of roll through the last half decade here that's been super yeah. successful. And you do have a guy in Josh Ojanwuna who played a little bit last year, but you mm -hmm. also bring in Eve Misi, huge recruit at the center position. You bring back 
Um, your, your wing guy and Jalen Bridges, who I thought was their best player kind of down the stretch, uh, he and Adam Flagler kind of carried them the last month of the season or so. So that said, you know, it sounds like you, you're saying the way Scott Drew wants to, Scott Drew wants to build a team is how he has it built right now. So you don't need to give me an exact number, but where would you have them in kind of a range at, at, rather than 20th? Yeah. I think if you ask me now, and you know, it's hard for me to speak on maybe some teams out West in particular. Um, I'm not as familiar with the PAC 12. Um, yeah, who needs them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're breaking up. Anyway. Going away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big 10 uh, teams out West. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd probably have them in the 15 range really. Okay. Um, because I look at some of the teams that are around that area and, looking let me see let me see if i can pull up the people right now um i think that a lot of people underestimate i think what the type of guys that scott he's just not putting he's not just putting together a roster right there's not just i think i have more questions about maybe let's say the guys that texas brought in as opposed to baylor right um i think texas is more of a fit thing you're saying well, say it again. Yeah, for like in terms for of more like, of a for like, a okay, fit gotcha. or for like projecting forward, right? Gotcha. I think yeah. Texas brought in quality players, but like I have more questions about those guys than I do about mm-hmm. the guys Baylor brought in. Um, and so I'd say around like let's just go through uh, eighteen through thirteen. You got uh, from the bottom up. You got Texas, San Diego State, Kentucky, A and M, Arkansas, Miami. The only teams I'm really that confident right now of saying that are probably going to be better are A and M and Kentucky right now. Um, I still have questions about Arkansas because we saw what they did last year when they were actually favored to do some things. And then I just mentioned my questions with Texas. Um, Miami, I'm probably underrating Miami as well, but I think AM, they bring back everybody from a team that almost won the SEC. So like that one to me is pretty easy to, to kind of pencil in. But um, yeah, I would say that it's combined with Scott, Scott Drew, combined with what we know about the players he's bringing in. And like you mentioned, the players he's bringing back, like keeping yeah. Jalen Bridges, if if uh, Jonathan Chamochach was a fraction of what he can be, like I know he, he didn't look right last year, I get it, but like if he yeah, can just be a I'll fraction of what he's able to be, um, if they get Yves coming in and just being a con- contributor by the time conference rolls around, like guys like that are able to take this team, just add more depth to this team. And that was something that when those starting guys got off the floor last year, just didn't really have the same uh, uh, depth that they had in previous years. Baylor poised to make a deep run this season. And look, wherever you're following the Bears, near and far, you've got to be ready, okay? And that's why you got to use Jace Medical, okay? I mean, whenever you're going on a trip or you're going to um, somewhere far from home, you never know what can happen, right? There's so much uncertainty in the world today, and that's why you need the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You and your family need this. It's continually working to expand their medication offerings. Uh, they they add things to it. They can make sure that you're taken care of in terms of not only that moment, but ongoing care as well. And you could buy gift cards for them too. So just go to jacemedical.com, enter the code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount. Okay. That is the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at Jace, which rhymes with case. J-A-S-E, medical.com. Terms and conditions, of course, do apply. Back with Ishmael Johnson from Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball. We're just going to stick with basketball for now, okay? He does it all at Dave Campbell's, but we're sticking with basketball. And talking about the Baylor Bears, um, something that you had talked about in that first segment about the guards, about how, 
you know, the, the play was kind of going through Keontae George a lot last year. And look, great player. Guy who looks like he's going to have a role this season Absolutely. and then some with the Utah Jazz and going to be a knockdown shooter, I think, in that league. That said, it, he didn't feel like a true point guard, at least in the Scott Drew system. The years before, you had Davion Mitchell and you had James Akinjo. And you didn't think Akinjo had an opportunity to come back. You didn't probably wouldn't bank on that if you're Scott Drew. So right. was last year almost experimental for Scott Drew or was he just kind of dealing with what he had? That's a good way to put it. Um, it was definitely a change for, I think, what he'd been used to because you remember even before the national title year, the, that breakout 2019, 2020 season that they, they didn't get to finish. That was kind of the first year where you're like, Oh, what's kind of going on. You know, that that's when you kind of knew that they had something building. Right. right. And I think he got used to having that Jared Butler type figure where it's like, if everything breaks down, then, you know, he can get a shot. Right. right. And, but he's, but primarily he's somebody who sets up the offense and he's a good defender. He's a reliable defender as well. And I think bringing in James Akinjo, let him continue that a little bit. And I think Adam Flagler will be remembered as somebody who was part of that national title core and, and as well as should be. Um, but I don't think he was necessarily that type of player. He w- no. he had the perfect role being that microwave off the bench, right? right. And even even as a, a bit uh, uh, next to Akinjo, a scorer next to a guy who yes. sets up the offense, right? I feel this reminds me of like Duke had these guys yeah. all the time and like right, the late right. aughts, early 2010s, before everyone just had two or three knockdown shooters. Yes. Like an Andre Dawkins type. Right. They always had that guy who would just come off the bench and give you three for four from three. Right. And it was and like, that's probably like what it would have been in a different era. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. it, it would have been like, you know, he comes off and he's, he can go for, he can give you a solid eight to 10 or he can go 15 to 20. And it's just, it'll ride the hot hands. Right. Sometimes. And so I think having, not having that guy behind him or that guy, and people, I guess people thought that would be maybe LJ Cryer. I think LJ Cryer kind of proved that he, I think he's a good scorer. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he was very. I think he took a step back from maybe what people thought he would be based yeah. on the year before when he looked like he was kind of, left to be desired for sure. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. At least from our fan standpoint, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and defensively as well, he just was not. I think was off. not that type of guy. Yeah. Um, so I think that him taking a step back kind of hurt a little bit of the the chemistry, not the chemistry, but the fit in terms of what was going on because then you had to rely basically. Flagler and Keontae George for like all the playmaking almost. And occasionally Flagler would come up and, you know, show a little bit of flash, a little bit of what he's able to do. But now I look at this roster and it's like, okay, I see like three or four, five guys in this rotation that again, I will, I would say this about uh, Jacoby Walter. I don't think he's going to be a one and done like Keontae George. I think he's a multiple year guy, Um, but I don't think he's somebody who's not going to contribute pretty i think he's going to contribute pretty early i just i just think keontae george was that gifted of a score that and as his limitations on defense were what they were i think he he's more of a finished package and i think potentially that could make jacoby walter better mm-hmm. but i think he was more of a finished package when baylor got him and that made him more mature for the workload that he had last year sure sure and and, and looking at this conference in general i mean it almost doesn't matter the preseason rankings in yeah, yeah. either the conference or the country because these this is just going to be such a buzzsaw. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Kansas with adding Dickinson and, yeah. and, and Houston and Texas and don't sleep on TCU because we've yep. done that in the past. Don't do that. Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this as good as we've ever seen this conference? Yes. I mean, and it, it's, crazy. it's been pretty good. It's been, pr- I was about to say, that's the craziest thing is that last year, let me see if I can bring the standings up. So last year, 13 and five, like that's a solid season, but that was like yeah. 
good enough to win the conference, right? Usually, like, you look at other conferences and you're like, oh, yeah, that's good enough for second or third. It was like, yeah. no, that won the conference in the Big 12. Because, like, Baylor started 0 3, and with like four games left, they were in it. They were yes. in the race. And 100%. Then well, look at te- somebody like a there. Texas Tech. Texas Tech started yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 0 and 8. They win two games and then they go on to win, I believe, four of their next six. And oh, everybody's in February and they're like, can they come back in this and like <laughs> make a run? It was like, obviously they didn't, but like it was a moment where you're like, is this conference just that crazy? Uh, Baylor and Kansas State tied for uh, third and fourth with 11 and seven. Like that's almost mm. 500 and they were, they were third and fourth. So adding Houston to this is insane even adding teams at the bottom like i know ucs probably not gonna be that good this year but adding them to boost up the bottom and then cincinnati and byu byu coming in here that's a top 30 ken palm team um so byu is going to come in and make some noise as well yeah it's it's crazy and now you have now you have wild card you mentioned tcu tcu's i think for people listening to this if you're not caught up on what tcu's kind of done in the transfer portal i think you're kind of like you mentioned, you're sleeping on them a little bit because yeah. they're probably the most mysterious team to me as far as right. how this could work out because they they legitimately could be 10, 11 players deep. Um, but also, Texas Tech made a hire with Grant McCaslin, and mm-hmm. like, is he what does they what do they look like in year in year one under him? Could they, could he get them 500 punching to the top? Who knows? Um, so there's some like dark horses. Porter Mosier, at Oklahoma again. Like, is is are they finally going to click under him? I right. don't know. Um, so yeah, the only thing I can really say right now is that like, right now it looks like West Virginia, Oklahoma state and UCF are probably fighting for the bottom, but like, that's still a pretty good, like I'm looking at it right now. That's your, your worst team is 72nd in Ken Palm right now. Like that's your worst team. (laughs) That's good, man. You're you're, you're telling me this is a good conference. Yeah, this is, this is a pretty good conference. For comparison, (laughs) the big 10, another good conference. Their worst team is 112th. (laughs) That sounds more par for the course that right. sounds it's right what you would expect from a conference like yeah you have bad teams you have good teams it's like yeah. now you have good teams and then you have just like kind of below average teams in the big 12 right and, and so kind of based off that then you know we yeah. see four in the top 20 is it crazy to say that there are four or five teams in this conference that have a chance to make a run to the final four national championship as we look at it before the season yeah, I mean, I'd probably throw it at six, maybe. Because, like, I think the biggest – so, aside from TCU, the biggest mystery is going to be Kansas State. Because mm-hmm. Jerome Tang obviously did what he did last year, but, like, all those guys are gone. Yeah. And so, it's like, I think that's going to be one. But if And if you want to take them out, sure, that's still five. You have Kansas, Houston, Baylor, Texas, and then I'm going to throw TCU in there as a late dark horse bottom fifth. Um if Kansas State shows anything like they showed last year, then yeah, you got to have them in because we saw the drone tank and coaches as Baylor fans obviously know. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's insane. I think I think the safe pick is Kansas. You mentioned with Hunter Dickinson, yeah. uh, Kevin McCullough is probably the best defender in the country, and a lot of the um, um, there's one more I'm forgetting, but they're still like that's still the team to beat. I think that's safe to say. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at another year like last year, like yeah, like twelve wins could win the regular season just because it's such a, it's such a gauntlet. Yeah. And, and how much is depth going to play into this? Every good team needs, needs depth. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to use a Duke example again. That's, that's the team I grew up rooting for. That's how I get my name. But uh, 2015, they, they didn't have depth. They had seven guys. Are you named after Cameron Indoor? I am. That is incredible. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) 
and t- somehow I end up down here anyway. <laughs> um, it, and I remember them having like seven guys yeah. and people were saying before the tournament, that's just not deep enough. And I know they're not the only example of this, but their top end talent was so good that it was good enough. Um, and I think looking at it in the big 12, the way we see it now, that has to be a factor, right? And, and I got to believe just again, preseason, October 17th, as we're recording this, mm-hmm. Baylor, I think, has some of the best depth in this conference, which in turn becomes some of the best depth in America. Yeah, no, 100%. If it goes I, right, yeah. 100% agree. No, I 100% agree. You look at, in my opinion, you look, especially especially in the tournament, like that's when it comes, whether it's conference tournament or the, the NCAA tournament, you look at the teams that made runs, every single one had, like you mentioned, that seventh or eighth guy who just had a game. And not even had a game, had a moment, right, where it's like you realize somebody's going to get in foul trouble. And for Baylor, it's going to be maybe somebody in that front court, right? Somebody's going to get in foul trouble. And it's like, okay, what happens when Jonathan Chamochacho has three early fouls in the first half? And it's like, you got to ride somebody else. And and so there's always those moments. I always look back to – excuse me, I always look back to last year. Or recently I look back to last year when Houston almost got beat by, I think, Northern Kentucky in the first round. And it was a neck and neck game and they probably lose that game. If not for Emmanuel Sharp, a freshman off the bench who they, they were shooting terribly. And he went like three for four from three. And it was like that, that's like, that's one of those nail biting. Yeah. Like marginal moments where it's just like that, that was enough to prepare them. I think they won. I'm trying to see what they won. They won by 83 or sorry. No, that's a different one. Uh, 89, no, where is it? Here it is, 63-52. They won 63-52, but like part of it was they, was they were finally able to get a lead, and then they were finally able to push, and then, okay, that's a first-round matchup, right? Yeah. And they're having to like dig on the bench a little bit. So, yeah, I agree. Like, depth is – it's becoming – I think I think I don't know if we'll ever see like a team like Kentucky that the 2015 Kentucky again where you're just like rotating five and five because they're so deep. Um, that one may be a little bit too much, but like yeah, you may need an eighth or a ninth guy that you can throw in in March. Um, and down the stretch of the season, people get hurt. Like you know, we as we saw. Yeah, we um, see it. To, I hate to use another Baylor example, but like as we saw with LJ Cryer and Jonathan Chamochacho a couple of years ago, it was like that team was a national title team, and yeah. you know you oh. lose the defense and then you lose the depth and scoring, and it was like. Yeah, you need the guys able to step in and contribute. And today's show is also brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. So Baylor got Baylor a national championship in 2021. Ask UT about those. It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle, to level it up to peak performance, and all that good jazz. From superchargers, roof racks, roof racks exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. Okay, with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Rounding out another basketball episode, we had the top 25 for men's basketball come out Monday. On Tuesday, we had the women's basketball top 25 come out. This was minutes before that we we were recording this, so I apologize. I would have come with some more questions. But Baylor Lady Bears 
yep. formerly known as the Lady Bears, um, in the top 25. Again, back-to-back years where they don't make it to the neutral site. They're out in the first weekend like the men's team. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised to see them in the top 25, or did they, did they make the moves kind of late in the cycle here that kind of brings them some momentum? Ironically, I think, and I don't know if this comes from like maybe a lot of women's writers, women's basketball writers are more tapped into things across the country. Um, but I think I think this is them looking at that roster and saying, well, I think they added enough. Yeah. And they also bring back um, obviously Sarah Andrews, but like the people, the, the two players that are just huge pickups for them were Asia Blackwell and Drianna Edwards. Um, Asia Blackwell unfortunately got hurt. Like I think in the first game last year or something mm-hmm. like that, missed the yeah. year. She was expected to be that kind of versatile guard forward combo. Um, she's an incredible player for Missouri. And then Triana Edwards, people, I don't know if people remember, she was the second leading scorer on the conference championship Kentucky yeah. team that beat We're South Carolina. Kinda, yeah. Kind of waiting, just kind of yeah. waiting. And just for like, this yeah, like Kentucky never messed did. up her eligibility. And yeah. so I was like, all right, well, she has to sit and wait. So like you get those two players and you can tell like it was a frustrating year last year, but like Nikki Collins legitimately did not have two of their best three players for reasons out, you know, injury yeah. and eligibility. So it was just the Sarah Andrews show for basically mm-hmm. the whole year. Um, so I think, I don't know. I think they actually paid him a little bit of respect saying like we, one, we think this team is more talented and two, we see the players on this roster and you add um, uh, Jada Walker to run the point but with, with Sarah Andrews from Kentucky. I think, I'm very excited to see this Baylor team this year. I think this this team and AM are two of the teams I'm most excited to see on the women's side. Yes. And and, and talking about Nikki Collin a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a make or break year. I don't want to put this like she's on the hot seat or anything. Right. Um, but you know, year three, it's starting to get more of her recruits in. Obviously, under under Kim Mulkey, they were bringing in the best recruits in the nation. And so mm-hmm. how tough is that to especially in the women's game where it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like there's as much parity. Of course there has been in, in the last few years, but in terms mm-hmm. of the recruiting trail, yeah, how important is this and next cycle for Nikki Collin to bring in some of the top talent, uh, at least here in Texas and around the South to, to kind of keep up with the other, the big girls in the conference. Yeah. I mean, look this, I mean, it, it that is going to be a thing because you're, you've seen Texas kind of position itself now as the top team in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was, I think Baylor fans knew that would happen when Mulkey left, at least for a time being, Um, because you have somebody like a Vic Schaefer who's been in college basketball for a long time versus Nikki Collin, who as much as I love what she does on the ball and like her scheme. And I think Baylor is a lot more aesthetically fun to watch (laughs) as opposed to maybe uh, the Kim Mulkey teams were. Um, She's still learning how to recruit and still learning how to develop ball game. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Completely different ball game. And so, one, I think this year's a big year for her recruiting because I know they lost out on Justice Carlton to Texas, and then there was another one um, I'm forgetting. But they haven't landed. Dariana Little Page Bugs is a big is a good get for them, yeah. um, but they're still waiting for that next splash, right? The next splash. Um, I know they're in for Talia Parker at South Grand Prairie, and I know they're in for Shaquille O'Neal's daughter um, Miara Miara O'Neal um, out of the Houston area. So I think that they're. They have targets and they have potential, but I think recruits need to see it happen, right? That's kind right. of where that's kind of where, and of course, they're opening a new facility as well. So, like, they're going to have that on par with a lot of big, uh, uh, a lot of the other powerhouses. Um, maybe they were a little bit behind in terms of facilities. Well, for um, sure. It's so, finally going to be a draw. I right, think to, that's to recruits, finally gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's finally going to be a draw. And you know, I think they have the, I think Nikki Collins is the right personality too. Right. She's very, she's very outspoken. She's very, I think, likable as well. Like she's not a, a kind of a, 
a prickly figure like Kim Mulkey was, um, but who kind of got away with it because she was winning so much. And but I do think this year needs to be a little bit of a year where you kind of see some see the end product, right? First year was a little frustrating. They only go into the year with six or seven players basically able to play. Uh, last year injuries hampered them, and so now it's like, okay, this is your roster, year three of your scheme. Like you have a lot of players that you brought in. I think they will be good, but I, like you mentioned, it's not a make or break year, but this is kind of a let's see the proof of concept year. Sure. It, it definitely feels like I almost call it like a slope year. Like are you yeah. going up or are you going down? Right. Like, is yes. the seat going to be hot kind of? Yeah. That's so, a good point. Especially yeah. because like I mentioned, I mentioned A&M. Like Jody Taylor, Jody Taylor remade that roster overnight. Like like mm-hmm. Kendall Hunter from Texas – Aisha Koulibaly from uh, Auburn. India Rogers was a former four-star recruit coming from Texas, coming from Oregon. Like that team is going to be a contender. And so if you have Texas and AM positioning themselves as recruiting powers, right? You can't fall behind. You can't up. like, yeah. I can't, they can't even stay where they are, right? They have to get back up to where Baylor should be in college, in women's college basketball. So yeah, it, it, it's last year. I think what helped her last year as well was that there were only two good teams in the state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was like, everybody's down. So it took a little bit of a spotlight off of the fact that hey, they got eliminated in the first weekend. It didn't really matter because people kind of shrugged that under the rug. Yeah. Um, if, if AM's as good as they are, if Texas starts the way they should, there may be a little bit more of like what's happening with Baylor, a little bit more of a spotlight. And the basketball is just taken off in this state. And oh God, another yeah. one, there's that, so much talent. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and not the least so of which much. being the number one guard in the nation right now. Yes. Trey Johnson on the men's side, who's now playing in Missouri, but of course a Lake Highlands product. And he's narrowed it down to Texas and Baylor. And you have seen him play live. Yes. How good is that kid? He is, I mean, so I saw him, I, I saw, I saw highlights of him last year before I saw him in the state, the state tournament. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's like, I saw the obvious things where it's like, oh yeah, this kid's athletic. He has the playmaking ability. He can shoot the ball. There's no real weak, real weakness to his game yet. Um, and then I saw him against both Beaumont United or no, no first in their semifinal game. And then against Beaumont United um, in, in the championship yeah. game. Yeah. And then you kind of saw that, that, that it, factor right that was something you couldn't see through highlights where it's like it's not just that he makes a three but he makes a three when the other team's on a 6-0 run and they need a bucket and he's like iso get out the way i'm taking this or like you know they're they're trading back and forth and four star wesley yates from Beaumont united switches on to him and he's like no nah, that's fine and takes a step back jumper over yeah. wesley yates who's yes. gonna be playing at washington this season right yeah so like, another one that was on baylor's list yeah 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 he, and he's he's a he's a baller two-time yeah. state champion like yeah. and so it was and again Beaumont united this is they were two-time state champions in 5a but don't get that twisted. They went up to 6A and made the 6A state championship. Like, this was a good team. Uh, Kate yeah. Dotson, I think, is yeah. going to be playing at UNLV. He was a junior on that team last year. Like, it was the fact that he was able to do that. And knowing he had so much pressure. Highlands hadn't won a state title since, like, the 60s. And, like, the fact that he was able to do that and then kind of, like, you know, like, peace, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm going to work yeah. on my game. I got, I did what we needed for the school. I'm going to work on my game in, at Link Academy. Um this junior year is kind of usually only when you see like the raw talent a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the next year is kind of when you see everything else kind of build. I mentioned with Jacoby Walter that a little bit, he had it all going into that. Like after that, I was like, yeah, no, that is the best player in the country. Like genuinely. Um, 
and the frame is there like to where he's going to be able to add more size to him that that may be one thing where you're like oh he's a little bit lanky a little bit um but i think he has the frame to be able to put on some put on some muscle Mm -hmm. uh defensively he i think no matter where he goes he's going to be able to get a lot better defensively he's not bad defensively but he may be a little bit undisciplined um but just as a lead guard, I can't call him a point guard. I can't call him a shooting right. guard. He's a lead guard. Like that's somebody who can do kind of a little bit of everything. And yeah, seeing him in person, if anybody hasn't seen those highlights, just go look up him versus Beaumont United. It's like, it's him versus Wesley Yates. And then like I mentioned, Kate Dotson, um, they're, they're just incredible. Uh, it's, it's, it's like I texted a uh, Bruni who was also there. Uh, my co-host and I was like, I just texted him like, this is this is real ball hours like going on in the dome right now because it it did it felt like you were watching like a future NCAA game where it's just like alphas going at it and so uh, yeah I I I know Baylor's been on him for a while like I know they've yeah, really the really been like putting it all in for him and I think he'd be a perfect perfect fit for this program. Oh, I just see so much potential, especially that defensive, like you talked about. I'm yes. going over, so I can't do it. But the length and the yes. IQ, like I just know that's going to translate to Scott oh, Drew. So. He, yeah, he's he's like I said. There's I think Max Prep put together a clip of all of his points versus uh, versus uh, uh, Beaumont United, and just go watch, and you'll see everything he has in the package. Don't mind if I do, please. Uh, Ishmael Johnson, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate your time. I'm I'm sure we'll be checking in throughout the year but right now you think baylor should have been ranked number one and should win the national championship so i do appreciate that and Ish- uh, and our, 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 uh, ray j dennis for naismith yes of course <laughs> that, i think that went without saying uh ish where can people find you before we go yeah i'm on twitter at ishmael r johnson and uh yeah find all the work at texasfootball.com um and then if you want to subscribe to get the magazine you can go to the online store uh texasfootball.com slash store you can pre-order it or you can become a subscriber and you'll get it mailed directly to you hopefully in early november when we get it out yes awesome well thank you so much once again ish i really appreciate it and for those of you listening thank you very much as well thank you for making it your first listen today and every day unless something breaks like i said yesterday unless something breaks we're talking football again tomorrow thank you for making it your first listen and we will see you then